0: The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family, burkreviews.com. everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club episode number 40 coming at you. Uh, <gasps> that's right, it is a milestone episode. Um, Corey, how are you doing? Uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, it's been a rough week at the Starcomer Ford house. Oh, But it is now the
0: weekend. so. Well, I'm John Burke, and as you heard, this is Corey Starr. Um, we are with you again, as always, our second of five Halloween-themed episodes with horror movies at the helm. Um, last week we watched *Suspiria*, and this week we're gonna be reviewing *Raw* from 2016. Although it really didn't get a theatrical release until late, uh, well, early 2017. Um, it did hit the uh, Fantastic Fest last um, October or September, whenever Fantastic Fest runs. Um, and uh, we, it just came out on Netflix on December, uh, December on October fourth. Um, and we are gonna be talking about that in detail. But first. I'm kind of curious to hear what happened at the uh, Cumberford house, as Corey said. So what what happened?
1: Star Cumberford. It's 2017, and I kept my own name. <laughs>
0: sorry. I didn't hear you say both, to be honest, when you said uh, it. So I was a little thrown, sorry. but I was just like, okay.
1: Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> um, and our cats have hyphenated last names, too. Um, oh. It's just been a rough week. It's been a very rough week, but now it's the weekend, and I hope to sleep in. You know, and go see my little nephew tomorrow and just recharge. I just need recharging time.
0: Got it. Got it. So has it been like work or like oh, getting yes. the house ready? Is that?
1: Um, The house is slowly but surely. Um, we're mostly unpacked now, but it's going to be a while before it's fully furnished. Um, and yeah, I guess. Just and then Bill's short-staffed at his job, so he's been working a lot, and it's just I forget what my husband looks like sometimes.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. Um, this, you know, my my schedule keeps me pretty busy, and my wife tolerates a lot of my uh, my movie going. Um, she doesn't always come with me, so it, it's often where she's like, oh, "It was nice seeing you for five minutes," and I'm like, "I'm so sorry." Yeah, it's uh, like legit. Hi, bye. <laughs> yeah. And uh, with golf season coming to an end, but nonetheless, um, oh. I've had uh, not as many games as I should have had because of all the weather problems we've had in Florida this uh, this season. Um, we've had a lot of our games canceled, but we did. Uh, we are five and zero. Uh, my girls' golf team. I'm Whoa. very proud of them. Uh, we're. I always have a few good golfers, but we've had, um, over the last couple of years, a lot of beginning golfers, which is great, and in no way am I discouraging, I love that, in fact, I'm a better coach for the new golfers, because I'm not that great as a golfer, um, but this year I I, I got uh, three freshmen who have a lot of experience, and they've been great, and so we're, we're actually winning everything, and uh, we have a big tournament on Monday, but it's during the day, predominantly, and then we have a... District tournament, and we'll we'll likely go to regionals as a team, and then that's where it gets up in the air because that's when the real competition kicks in. And my players are very good, but they're the average scores for like going from regional to state are lower than what our average scores are. So I don't think we're going to quite make it. But they're uh, they're freshmen; three of them are freshmen, so they have you know four years to get there, and I think they will be able to in the future. but so that there's that, and then uh, going to the movies, which I did go see Blade Runner 2049 last night. Jelly. Uh, um, and you should be, because uh, I don't know if you've talked to Brendan, but we both are in love with this movie. Um, yes. And we did not go together. It just happened to coincide. He went uh, to his favorite theater that has the giant IMAX screen, which I kind of am jealous of. And at the same time, I my ticket didn't cost me any money, and that ticket cost $20. So I'm not jealous for that reason, but um, I, I could totally... Uh, I I kind of want to see it in IMAX because it is a gorgeous film. Uh, Denis Villeneuve, whose name I still can't say right, which is apparently something that I'm just gonna commit to, um, is uh, he's easily becoming one of my favorite directors. I loved Arrival last year. I, I enjoyed Sicario very much, and I, I love Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, so uh, right now, uh, just I'm highly, just really really excited about that. Um. My horror movie challenge for the month. Uh, I've I've seen technically six. I'm counting Suspiria, even though I technically watched it in the end of September. Um, but uh, you know, I've watched um, a total of six movies. I watched American Werewolf in Paris just a few hours ago, um, which I know I watched before, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how I watched it. I might have watched it on like Sci-Fi or something, and or I don't know. I just feel like. My memory of it was not what I just watched tonight, and I really loved it. Now, we went to Halloween Horror Nights. Two years, they had that house, and it was my favorite house both of the years that they had the American Werewolf in uh, London, not Paris. If I said Paris, I apologize. London. um, And it was my favorite house both times, and so watching the movie tonight, I was I was one. I completely didn't... M- remember most of what I'd seen apparently, or I saw a different movie and it wasn't American Werewolf in Paris. I've never seen that, and I would have remembered because Guy from That Thing You Do is in American Werewolf in Paris, and I would have remembered watching it, but I didn't. So I don't know what other movie I may have s- saw that in my head was American Werewolf in, in London or, or like I don't know. also.
1: I, you know, you were uh, finishing your master's degree, teaching, coaching, and doing the, <laughs> the seven true. movies in seven days. So maybe it all just poured together, and you just made up your own movie in your own mind.
0: It's possible because I, 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 felt much stronger uh, enjoyment this time around than I recall feeling the first time. I didn't dislike it or anything, but I, I didn't, I don't remember the movie like I do from this viewing, and so I'm very, uh, very happy. I decided ah. to rewatch it tonight, um, and
1: I watched. Oh, sorry. I was no, just going to no. say I watched it for the first time, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and I had never seen it before. Ooh, And I couldn't believe – because we – I think that all three of us, our favorites are the, like, classic firm houses they do at um, Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, And usually. I couldn't believe how much they just had it right on the, you know, nail on the head. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's so many little details that they really um, got in, and uh, I I don't know, I I was very happy to watch it this time around, and um, yeah, it it was great, and I am uh, hoping, I'm going to watch some other uh, films that I've seen before, uh, like Evil Dead 1 and 2, I'm going to rewatch, and The Thing, I'm going to rewatch, I might hit Evil Dead 1 and 2 tomorrow, even uh, double up on it, Um, but there's also a lot of stuff coming out in theaters, like I want to go see A Mountain Between Us. Um, and I haven't seen, I feel like there was one other one, like, oh, uh, The Battle of the Sexes is, is out, uh, in Lakeland with Emma Stone and Steve Carell. I really want to see that, um, and then next week, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but there's a few movies coming out next week that I really want to see, so I'm kind of, like, just, uh man, I, I'm trying to watch only horror movies, and all these movies are coming out that aren't horror films, and it's like, like, Blade Runner last night didn't count, um, but I had a crazy... And and like not, it wasn't my tragedy, but I witnessed a tragedy last night and it was uh, by a few minutes. I'm probably very fortunate. um, I had two friends go to the movie with me last night. And as we've always done, going back to like, I think we saw this tradition started with the second Matrix movie. We all went like at the midnight screening and then we stood outside till like two in the morning talking about the Matrix uh, reloaded. Um, and that became a pattern with these friends. We would all go to a movie together, and then we would talk about it for an hour or more in the parking lot. So, Blade Runner was two hours and forty minutes, oh, yeah. plus twenty minutes of trailers, so three hours. Um, and so it was like ten o'clock when the movie let out, and we stood in the parking lot and talked for like twenty minutes. And finally, I was like, I really gotta go, cause I gotta write the review for it, and I gotta go to bed. Um, and I go uh, get in the car. I call call my wife and I'm like, hey, I'm I'm heading home. I'll be there in a few minutes. Um, and as I hang up the phone and I pull up to the intersection for our major highway that was near my house, I notice that there's a bunch of stuff in the in the road, like random stuff. And then I'm like, that looks like a ladder. And I look up, and in the middle of the the road is a, a van on fire. Like, really on fire. Not like a little itty-bitty, like, on fire, engulfed in flames. And on my brain, it took a minute to process what I was seeing. It was just like, what is this? And horrible horrible car accident a semi hit a van that the van ran a red light apparently a semi couldn't do anything to avoid it the semi was into our public's parking lot right there it had gone over the bushes and the rails and like almost hit a bank and uh it did the person in the van did pass away um just like i was so it was so crazy to to like pull up to that because i we were, we were outside, like, less than two or three blocks away. We didn't hear a crash. We didn't hear anything. We couldn't, if we had left a few minutes earlier, we would have maybe been in that intersection when the accident took place. So, I mean, there's a lot of little, and granted, I'm not like, oh, near-death experience, or I'm not claiming that. Just, like, those things occur to you, like, man, if we hadn't done what we normally do, um, it, we could have completely missed it, which I kind of would have preferred having not, not witnessed it, because it was a like when i pulled up um there were a cop had just arrived on the scene um and uh i saw the woman who had apparently called them she was a frantic woman on the side of the road who had i'm guessing witnessed everything and um you know my friends were also in their cars and they they all they both stopped i didn't stop i i moved around i was trying i was thinking i need to get out of the way cuz i heard you know sirens were coming fire trucks i didn't want to be in a position where they couldn't get to the people in need um so I, I went through the public parking lot and got to back to the twenty seven which is the highway so I could get to my house and um yeah it was really crazy I don't think I've ever witnessed anything that horrific. I've seen a couple of accidents, but they've all been very minor um but i've I've never pulled up to see a van like on fire and i, I don't think i pardon the pun but it was it is literally burned into my brain it, it was uh, a hor- horrible thing to to see, and I, I feel bad for uh, everyone involved. Um, but yeah, that was how I ended my Blade Runner experience last night. So sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm fine. Like, I'm not definitely not trying to make it about me. I, I'm. It's just, no. Yeah, it's just one of those crazy kind of things that I don't usually encounter. Stuff like that. I hear other people you know I saw this and I saw that and I'm like I don't usually see things like that and it it happened and it was you know I don't mean to uh detract from what we normally talk about but it was an interesting movie kind of adjacent story as I was leaving a film when I ran into this uh incident so um have you watched anything else aside from uh from raw no no I, I didn't think so but
1: I was trying to think. I had tried to watch something, but. Oh, no. I think that I watched this after our last. I don't know. All my days run together, guys. I watched that Gerald's game. Oh,
0: yeah. Did I already talk about that? No, I don't think so. Because I think we talked about it on our group chat with Mike. um, After maybe we recorded top five even.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a hard watch, dudes.
0: I I thought it was like brilliant, though. I I thought the performances were great.
1: A great movie, but some of it I legit had to pause it, and I thought I was going to throw up and wake Bill up, and it was just I I, I don't
0: know. I want to talk just... about it, so we're gonna. If you want to skip ahead, like I don't know, two minutes, um, we're gonna talk about the the most gory scene in the movie. Um, oh so Jesus! If you are okay with knowing that there's going to be this really graphic, uh, violent sequence. Late in the movie, it's not technically a spoiler, but I guess it kind of is a spoiler. Um, then skip ahead about two minutes, and we'll be done. Um, so, starting one, two, three. So, yeah, I could barely watch as the freaking meat and bone was okay. like visible. Like,
1: but oh. we need to even back up a little bit because I can't watch like things people like cutting themselves oh, yeah, no. or like being cut. And when she like places that piece of glass into the wood and then she, mm-hmm. she doesn't just like cut mm-hmm. her wrist so that it bleeds a little. She like keeps going back and forth and yeah. back and forth. And I'm like, Holy, I'm trying not to say the F word, yeah. you know? Uh, and then, yes, yeah, she does that. And, and,
0: <sighs> I know, and I was just like, I thought you just said blood was like oil. Well, how much blood do you need? Like,
1: why? Why do you need to get like me of your hands stuck on, yeah. the, on the?
0: Oh, it was it was no! the most brutal looking thing, and yet that made it all the more impressive because the movie is, for the most part, it's it's more psychological. This is the body horror type moment where you're just like, oh, what the crap is she doing? And then. Oh man, it's so crazy! And then the twist at the end, um, the kind of twist about the the Moon Man was was great. Like I was really yes. Like what? I
1: I haven't read your review because I think your review came out before I watched it. But I'm I wanted to write a review on it. But what I want to say about her as a character, I would I was having such a hard time thinking of a way to put it without it coming across i it every way that i thought about it was going to be offensive oh because i like all these bad things happen to her but they end up it like i don't know how it i don't want to say that it benefits her
0: it makes because her it's awful
1: what happens but also it shows her ways to solve these problems that she's having
0: well she's resourceful you could say she's yeah yes. i mean yeah it, it all right, we'll stop talking about Gerald's game, but it was it's a really good movie on Netflix. Uh, my review is on BurkeReviews.com, and maybe Corey will have a review if she gets a chance. Who knows? Um, we're gonna start with the home video releases for October tenth, two thousand ten, um, and there's one that uh, recently um, Chance the Rapper was defending, and it was kind of shocking what? to me. Yeah, Chance the Rapper uh, was saying that critics were idiots because we we did not like the house. With Amy Poehler and Will Farrell. Um uh Ryan Simpkins, Jason Mansukis, um, Nick Kroll. And I I didn't love the house. I did I did see this. Um I enjoyed it. But, oh, this was Yeah. Okay. It it's it wasn't perfect. It was missing some stuff. Um I thought Jason Mansoukas was, was great. Uh it has a thirty Metacritic to, that's what Chance the Rapper was kinda of talking about. He thinks it's a perfect movie, apparently. Um it's only an hour and twenty eight minutes, it felt longer. And, um, there's funny stuff, but it, it does feel kind of random. There's some random things that occur that don't really make any sense. And again, it's a comedy, so I can be forgiving with stuff, but it has to it has to at least benefit like if you're gonna tell a story, then tell a story. And if you're gonna, if you're just gonna do random sketches or whatever, fine, but it this it seems to want to tell a story but not know how to achieve the story it's trying to tell. And so there's a lot of silly parts and, and dumb parts and things that you're just like, why that? Why didn't you just make it a little more straightforward than this? And um Will Ferrell sometimes gets a little too... Uh, Will ferrell Yeah, a little too improv-y, a little too over-the-top with the way he reacts to things. And Amy Poehler feeds off of that. Um, so it's neither of their best performances. They have good moments, but it's it's just not as good as I was hoping because I'm a big fan of both of those actors Um in the right I situation. I love Amy Poehler. Yeah, and that comes out... um this Tuesday on DVD and Blu-ray, and you can probably already get it digital. Um, this next movie, I didn't know anything about, but the uh, I wasn't necessarily going to talk about it. It has a 72 on Metacritic, though, but um, the description on Metacritic's website for the release date sold me immediately that I have to, one, see this movie, but two, talk about it. And it is, uh, I wish I didn't, I don't have it in front of me, but it said, um, the only... Polish Vampire Musical to come out this year. Um,
1: uh, so that's like a regular thing. That's
0: what they made it sound like. And I was like, <laughs> well, that's brilliant. Um, it's it, Now, the plot summary on IMDb says, in Warsaw, a pair of mermaid sisters are adopted into a cabaret. While one seeks love in humans, the other hungers to dine on the human population of the city. So, I, I don't know if that makes it her a vampire or whatnot, but uh, it's called The Lore. Um, L-U-R-E. So like a fishing oh. lure. Um I- I don't know any of the actors or anything because it's it's a Polish film. Um, And while I am open to Polish films, I don't believe I've seen any that I know of. So, but this might be the first because I'm very intrigued. It's a comedy. Oh, it's also listed as a horror movie, so I could watch it for this month. Um, It's comedy, drama, horror. I'm in. I am so convinced. I want to see this movie. (laughs)
1: Um, I thought I feel like I've seen the um like a poster or something of this
0: mermaid in a bathtub.
1: Um, I thought it was two mermaids kind of um Oh I'm sure there's
0: multiple on. posters. The poster that's showing on IMDb looks like it's a single mermaid in a bathtub, but
1: Why can't I find the one you're looking at?
0: The lore? L U R E yeah. I don't know, I found yeah. it right. It's the only thing that pops up on IMDb for me. But I'm on
1: IMDb. Fine.
0: Well, use it right. So <laughs> um I I'm intrigued by this film. I, I don't know uh if you've you seem like you may have heard of it. I'm sure it's been yeah. it's got a seventy on seventy two on Metacritic, so I'm sure it's been popped around with some various articles and you know shared on the internet and whatnot. So I've probably seen it in passing, but just never maybe the title didn't oh. stick with me. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, next coming out on Tuesday, there's four movies that are worth note here, and this is the third, uh, the Beguiled, um, which is Sofia Coppola's newest film, uh, stars oh. Nicole Kidman, Kristen Dunst, Elle Fanning, and Colin Farrell. Um, among a few younger actresses who do very well in the movie. Um, I I liked this. I didn't love it. Uh, a lot of critics did. It has a 70, um, 77 on Metacritic. Um, set During the Civil War, um, a Union soldier who's been injured finds himself at the mercy of uh, Confederate women um, who take him in and uh, things kind of go a little crazy. Um, it's... It's a definitely a good movie. There's some really great performances. I don't know, uh it just it didn't quite work for me. This is a remake, um, if I'm not mistaken, oh. I believe uh Clint Eastwood was in the original. Um I'm trying to remember for sure. Yeah, I'm right. Clint Eastwood. Nineteen seventy one was the original. Um this is a different adaptation and I, I believe both are based on a book. Um yeah, from a novel called The Beguiled. So um yeah, it's, it's coming out on DVD, so if you missed it, it's I, I do recommend it. I don't think it's for everybody, but there's some really good stuff in it.
1: I really, 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 really wanted to see that one, and I missed it.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. You can maybe hit up a Redbox or a DVD.com or some other method. Or, um, I don't know, I wouldn't say that's a, a buy. I think that one's, a, you got to watch it and decide, because I also don't know that it's a rewatchable film. Um, uh. I mean, like, not that there's anything, like, I can't watch it again kind of thing. Like not like in mother where there's a scene that I just never want to see again. Um, it's more like, I I don't know that I would be interested in watching it again, but that could be again, why I only I'm lukewarm on the movie versus I didn't love the movie. Like some other people, but the next movie that comes out on Blu-ray DVD, I actually already have my digital copy though, but it's baby driver, which is one of my favorite movies from the year so far, uh, directed by Edgar Wright, my favorite director, um, stars Ansel Elgore, John Bernthal, John Hamm, Alisa, uh, or Isaac Gonzalez, excuse me, um, and then we get Lily James and Kevin Spacey and Jamie Foxx, um, I'm actually teaching this, uh, this week with uh, my advanced class cause we watched all of Edgar Wright's other movies last year, um, and so this is the, the fifth and final film that we can watch in our auteur study of my favorite director, um, so my students are super pumped, uh, only three of them got to see it in the theater, so the rest are, Uh, there's only 12 in the class oh sorry 14 in the class so the other uh 11 are super excited to finally get to watch it though so um yeah uh and baby driver i should note has the highest metacritic score with an 86 out of the four movies coming out on tuesday
1: i love that movie
0: of the uh let's baby driver i think is an obvious we both are big fans um i i already own it you will probably add it to your collection as well um of the other three, which one are you most interested to check out? The beguiled. Ah, I'm I'm most interested in the lore, but I've actually seen the other three, so that's probably not fair. But <laughs> um, I, I can I'm I'm kind of really excited about the lore, to be honest, because also... I
1: am interested in that one a lot too. That sounds hmm.
0: well. With that, let's lead into our theatrical releases for uh, next Friday, uh, Friday the thirteenth. Which is, you know, always uh, a good thing to happen on in Holo- in the month with Halloween. It's uh, extra scary. I'm sure that one of our TV networks will be doing a marathon of uh, Friday the 13th films. But there's a lot coming out in the theater this week, too. Uh, we'll start with the the horror film, uh, which is Happy Death Day. Um, it is directed by Christopher Landon, who I am not familiar with by name. Uh, looks like he wrote on... Actually, wait, yes, I am. I think Mike just talked about this guy. Um, he uh, he directed Scouts Guide to the uh, Zombie Apocalypse last in 2015, which I've not watched. Um, Paranormal Activity the Marked ones, which I liked a lot actually. Um, I don't know Burning Palms, and then he has a making the video, and he also has a writing credit on Disturbia, which was um Shia LaBeouf's take at Rear Window from a few years back. Um, I did like the the Marked Ones so maybe this won't be bad. But uh, we have Jessica Roth. Israel Browse or something, Ruby Modine, Rachel Mathis, I don't know these actors, but these are the people in the movie. Um, if you haven't seen the trailer for this, uh, the premise is a college student relives the day of her murder with both its unexpected unexceptional details and terrifying end until she discovers her killer's identity. So it's Groundhog Day horror movie. Um, Corey, you seen the trailer?
1: Yes. Remember, I love the song in the trailer. Yeah, uh,
0: 50 Cent in the Club. um, Yeah. And good use of it. Um,
1: I've not listened to it outside of that trailer, but yeah.
0: Oh, it's an old song, too. Uh, Yeah. Are you excited about this movie or no?
1: No. I'm probably not going to see it.
0: I I am definitely going to see it. Um, I'm adding it to my, since it is a horror movie, I'm going to make this uh, one of the films that I watch um, for the month of October. And... uh, I'm not excited, but I have to say I am a sucker for the Groundhog Day premise. I I love Groundhog Day. There's a Christmas um, a Christmas movie called The Christmas Do Over with Jay Moore. That was a TV movie that I actually own on DVD because I liked it so much. It's not great, but there's just something about it that I really enjoy. And I I think Jay Moore slightly underrated. Um, not not excessively underrated, but a uh, uh, slightly underrated. He's better than I think most people don't even know who he is. So you should know who he is. Um, I know who Jay Moore is. You're not most people. <laughs> That's true.
1: People I so, IMDb him.
0: Yeah, um he's a stand-up comedian too and I used to like his stand-up back in the old days. Um but uh and then um last year there was a film called Before I Fall which had the same kind of structure of Groundhog Day uh, that I, I thought looked cheesy, then I heard buzz out of a film festival that it was actually pretty solid. Checked it out and it, it was. It was really really good and I was I was surprised at how good I thought it was. Um so I'm kind of going in pessimistically to Happy Death Day, but with a little bit of hope, a little glimmer that this premise will work. And I got to say, some of the camera shots in the trailer, like there's a scene where she gets hit, I think, with a baseball bat. And as her head falls down, it transitions into her head hitting the pillow. And while it's <clears throat> it's not like the most original thing or anything, I just I do like that. And seeing that they put some thought into it and it wasn't, you know, just basic, you know, camera work. It doesn't feel like a cheap movie. It looks like there's actually some some thoughtful direction. and maybe that'll make it like funny and scary at the same time. So I, I have a little bit of hope for it. All right, so the next movie coming out on Friday thirteenth is one that I if you had told me who the actors were without show, seeing the trailer, I don't think I would have been that interested um because his most recent record, of films have not been ones that I've liked. In fact, I don't think I've been excited for a Jackie Chan film since Rush Hour Two. And oh. um this is but I am extremely excited for this film. This is uh The Foreigner. Um it's a rated R action thriller. Uh stars uh Katie Lung, I'm hoping maybe it's Leung, um Jackie Chan, uh Rufus Jones. These look like their order of appearance. I'm looking for the big names here. Here we go. Pierce Bronson and okay (laughs) David Pierce looks familiar all right well there you go um those two guys alone though um I wouldn't have been like super excited I I like Pierce Bronson in certain roles I don't love him in everything and I don't actively seek out his films or anything but I used to be a big Jackie Chan fan like when Rumble in the Bronx came out and I think it was like 94 um I saw it at Mugs and Movies and loved it and then I saw Supercop and um I'm trying to think of what other, he did like two more, that more traditional style kung fu action movie, um, before he started doing more of the American films like Rush Hour and, um, Shanghai Noon, and I like those both, and I I never saw Shanghai Nights, although I've heard arguments that Nights is better than Noon, um, which is shocking, because it totally didn't look like it would be better, and then Rush Hour 2 was kind of tough, and I, I think I saw Rush Hour 3, but I don't remember it. And then he did like the tuxedo and the medallion, and it just got bad. Like he had one of those nanny movies too, where he was like a nanny for like kids. What? Yeah, you know, like they had Vin Diesel has the pacifier, and Hulk Hogan had suburban, not suburban, but suburban A
1: kindergarten cop with uh. Yeah,
0: to be fair, that one's good. Let's not let's not insult kindergarten cop. Yeah, I have fond memories of that movie. I haven't seen it in a really long time. <laughs> but, asterisk asterisk. But. It's not a tuma. It's still one of the funniest lines <laughs> ever. So um but this movie, The Foreigner, uh, looks legit. Like it looks really, really good. You got an older Jackie Chan embracing the age, um, still doing crazy stunts. Uh the, the stuff in the movie, in the trailer at least, looks fantastic. I'm really excited about it, and I, I haven't felt that way in again, probably fifteen years for a Jackie Chan movie. So I'm really I'm I'm thrilled to feel this way again. So uh, have you seen the trailer for this?
1: I haven't and I don't know how I haven't but
0: well I'll tell you um I saw that when it came out I saw it pop up on my IMDB like you know hey this movie's coming out and I, I blew it off because it's like oh not another Jackie Chan movie and again I was a fan like I I know a lot about Jackie Chan in fact m- my friend that I saw Blade Runner with last night used to be a super big Jackie Chan fan where he was like ordering movies from China and stuff like his old movies like oh. Drunken Master and stuff getting whatever he could because back at the that this is again we're talking like late 90s it was not a common practice to order movies online yet, you know, like even to have them shipped from like other places, but he was doing it cause he was a big fan and I would benefit cause I would watch his movies with him. And, um, it was really, really, uh, a big, he was a big part of my late high school years movie watching. I was into Jackie Chan. So, um, having a new film of his that I actually want to see feels pretty good. Cause this is a, an actor who I used to like a lot. I still respect, even though I don't like a lot of the movies he did, Um, late in his career and his old movies he never used a gun Uh, that was always kind of like a a rule in this movie he is not following that Um, he is definitely using guns uh, which he's done in other movies since the older days but I just remember reading an article about it and he talked about why he doesn't like to use guns and stuff oh
1: I was gonna ask was it like a moral
0: I I don't know necessarily moral but yeah there was like uh, most of his his fighting was meant to uh, disengage the he didn't want to kill people he was just you know, not in real life, obviously, but in the movie, like his characters were not murderers. It was more Batman esque. Like, he was going to hurt them to stop okay. them, but not not put them out forever. Um, and yeah, that's that's coming out, and I'm super excited about it. Now, this movie um, looks great. It looks a little weird too, but I don't know if you've heard of this uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. No, you haven't, the what? <laughs> Professor the Marston. Professor what? Marston and the Wonder Woman. Um, no. Uh, so this is uh, a biopic. Um, it's the story of psychologist William Moulton Marston, the polyamorous relationship between his wife and his mistress, the creation of the his beloved comic book character Wonder Woman, and the contro- <laughs> and the controversy the comic generated. Um, it, it it's weird timing that Wonder Woman came out this summer and did very very well, and now this movie about the creation the uh, the biopic about Wonder Woman's creator. Which um, is stars Luke Evans as uh, Marston, Rebecca Hall as his wife, and then Bella, hold on, Bella Heathcote as the mistress. Um, Connie Britton shows up as I think the publisher because in the trailer she's uh, disputing some of the comic stuff. Like the old Wonder Woman comics have like a lot of this type of sexual deviancy in it. Like there she's tied up a lot, and there's all this kind of imagery that connects back to his actual personal life apparently i did not know this uh but they started getting a lot of conversation when wonder woman was released because someone brought up like i can't remember the like they brought it up as like an attempt to discredit the new movie that it wasn't like the comic book like she isn't a a, a woman that kids should look up to or some nonsense like that um because of these old books and uh, also because this movie was i think already hitting the f- uh, the festival circuit so um, I just saw a trailer for this, I think, last week, and uh, it looks good. It has a 60 Metacritic right now, but only 8 reviews, so that's still really early. Um, I don't know how wide the release is going to be. It's looking like it's getting a bigger push than I think it ex- was expected to. I think with the success of Wonder Woman, they're they're expecting people to want to see this. The downside is I don't know if they have the same audience. Like, <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: because the trailer does depict, like, there could be some... Uh, some extreme sexuality in this movie then again it, it might not actually show the scenes it might just like you know lead up to and then we cut to a different scene like the aftermath or whatever i'm not sure but um but yeah that's coming out this week um again i don't know how wide it will be but it's coming out thoughts
1: i like rebecca hall i haven't seen her in a whole lot but I like her um, and this is going to sound so weird, but I like, and I'm not talking about that dumb lifetime show, but I find Polly interesting, oh. which sounds really weird. I feel like we should see more from like a female having multiple, you know what I mean? Um, I feel like we always get these perspectives where the guy has multiple ladies, but um, uh-huh. I find it interesting and I think that it's interesting how they worded it. Because, mm-hmm. and you kind of touched on it, where um, the polyamorous relationship between his wife and his mistress—what?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, it's, it, they're all involved. Um,
1: but I do think that you're right. I don't. This, you know what I mean, with the way different audience.
0: Yeah, I think it will find an audience, though. I just don't know if it will, if it's going to have a big you know that it warrants a big release or not is which i'm all for indie films getting a bigger release because i'd like to be able to see them and i don't always get that opportunity till way later sometimes um because i don't i'm not always able to drive to orlando or tampa or even lakeland sometimes to see a movie um and so if it's going to be a wide release this is one i'm definitely going to check out i just don't know you know if i'm going to have to drive too far i probably won't i'll wait till it comes out on video or something
1: and i had no idea that this was you know what i mean
0: uh, that, it, was, it, that it existed or what it was. Yeah,
1: anything uh, about that.
0: Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, in my local theater, they have um, a big banner for it. Um, on, they finally um remember like it's been a while, but they used to have the concession stand in the top part of the theater. Yes. They finally walled that off, so they put drywall up and covered. Like finally admitted that they're never going to use it again because they haven't used makes it. Makes me like, sad. But they haven't used it since in like 15 it probably years. has
1: opened. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So. Um, they've walled that up and there's like a big banner for this movie hanging on I'm like that seems like a weird thing to really push (laughs) like because all all I can pick because the poster is a silhouette of Wonder Woman but it's not Wonder Woman it's he makes his mistress dress up as Wonder Woman (laughs) like yeah
1: I was looking at the stills and she there's a still where like yeah where she's dressed up and the wife is kind of like
0: imagine if you're like a little kid who saw Wonder Woman and loved it and you're walking into your theater like, oh, look, a new Wonder Woman movie. Or,
1: like, the parents.
0: Yeah, oh and God. your parents are misinformed, so they're like, oh, great, we'll go see it. And then they're like, cover <laughs> your eyes, walk out, we have to leave. Like, there's no way it's going to be okay. Um, it's definitely going to have some misaudience audience because not everyone – because it baffles me. Like, I, will, I have watched people walk up to the box office to look at what movies are playing and when they're playing. And I'm just like, do you guys not know of the internet? Is that not a thing? Like, you can – like-
1: and they'll just choose a movie that's playing when they're there. Yeah. Yes.
0: And I, I kind of, a, like, I kind of jealous of that because I know way more about what's coming out than most people do, and so, um, I when I see people who seem completely oblivious, like, I was getting my tickets for Blade Runner, and the people in front of me, um, the the younger girls, probably high school age, looked up at the tickets and like, oh, I didn't know Kingsman was out. And I'm like, really? Do you not live on the internet? Because like. It's just there. Like, it's all over the place. Like, I don't even, you don't have to look for stuff like that. For those those big movies. Yeah. The big movies are everywhere. Like, those are advertised. Kingsman, I know, was all over social media advertising. So that baffled my brain. And I I do forget sometimes that other people don't uh, invest as much of their lives to movies. But. i i still like those basic like those big blockbuster releases that are all over tv like i'm like what are you living under a rock like how do you not see these things because i don't even some of these i don't try to know about they just they're in my face so much and i don't even watch tv anymore like so my in my face is like on my phone like i open up now granted there is that targeted marketing and i do look at movies a lot so i'm sure i see a lot more movie ads than other people but the
1: interwebs is getting creepy. <laughs> yeah,
0: they know what you're looking at. But there's one more movie coming out. It is a, it is limited releases, uh, showing 800 theaters, which is going to be in your big markets. Um, but still, it's a wider release than it could have got, and it's called Marshall. Um, this is another biopic uh, about a young Thurgood Marshall, the first African-American Supreme Court justice as he battles through one of his career-defining cases. Um, it stars Chadwick Boseman, Josh Gad, Kate Hudson, um Dan Stevens who is uh, most recently beast but he's in a bunch of great stuff. James Cromwell um, looking to see if anyone else I really recognize I don't so far but uh, I've seen the trailer for this once. It looks entertaining. Josh Gad is he's easy to be annoyed by but I tend to, to not mind him. I, I am wondering if he's going to be his kind of normal Josh Gaddy self in this movie um, which won't be the best. So, yeah. Um that is the question, I guess. Is uh you know, how will they play that out? But um it it does look good and I'm intrigued by the premise. Um I just don't know you know how good it will actually be. But have you uh did you know this movie was happening?
1: I did not. Um it might be one that I wait to watch at home. But I was trying to think of who Josh Gad is and he was Lafou.
0: Oh Le- yeah, yeah, he was Lafou and also um I just realized, I said Dan Stevens was in this movie, right? So there, uh, you have The Beast and you have LeFou in this what? Marshall movie. Um, and then Josh Gadot is also the voice of Olaf in Frozen. Um, Never
1: seen that movie. Really?
0: I, yeah, I, I avoided it on purpose. No, you should see every Disney <laughs> yes. princess movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hold on now. It, <laughs> Let it go. I, I Well, you kind of have to now because of the abuse the movie <laughs> took. But, I mean, when it came out, it was great. It just it did get... Um, I like to call it the new kids on the block treatment. Uh, where, but, well, if you recall, new kids on the block. And I don't know how you were younger than I was. I love but, new kids on the block. Yes, but you like a lot of weird, obscure stuff. But they they got over merchandised because they had no competition. Oh. They were like the only boy oh. band. And my cousins were obsessed with them. And I I remember it was uh, like like a firework. That's it was really really big. Pillows and oh well, the action figures they they had the barbie dolls they I, had i had the barbies they had a microphone that was like an fm transmitter so you turn the radio on and then you could sing along with stuff like they I'm had they had everything and all of a sudden they were not popular anymore um and mm-hmm. i felt like that was they were just too much of them at once and i felt like that i think that's what they did with frozen although yeah, they're it, still diehard fans but it was just ugh. so much merchandising and they had so many things so much with it, and they have I think this Christmas uh with Coco um is a the Frozen short uh like a Olaf Christmas special is is in front of Coco if I'm not mistaken.
1: Oh, I cannot wait for Coco. You
0: you mentioned that to me and I was um not not shocked because it's it's a Pixar film but um I I'm in, I hope it's great because I uh Cars 3 the was good. Dinosaur. good. Mm-hmm. The good dinosaur but that was 2 years ago. Um last year's November release was Moana. And it's not a Pixar oh, film, it's but good. it's Disney animation. Oh, it... So, okay. yeah. So I, I hope it's good. Um, I don't know, because uh, Cars 3 was really good, but it was not the high caliber I expect from Pixar, like last year's Finding Dory. So I'm hoping Coco is there. But I think with that, we need to move on to our movie not of the time week. Time? Um, we're going to be discussing Raw, which is directed by Julia Duconori now. Hold on. I'm going to try again. Ducower-na. de Nope. I have no idea how to say this. Um, yep.
1: How about Julia de Corno? De Corno. De Corno. I think you're good. De
0: Corno. That's probably it. I was trying to get the now out because I know that's it. And every time I tried, I failed. Uh, it stars uh, an amazing actress who I've not, I knew nothing of. Uh, Gar- oh, boy. Garance Marillier. Marlier. I'm really bad with name <laughs> enunciation, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Um you, you want to give that one a try, Corey? Do you have that in front of you? Garant. Merlier. Oh, it's totally Merlier. That's that's good that's French right there. I got this one, Ella Rump. Um, which is an unfortunate name since Trump is the uh official name of our current president. And um <sighs> I think Rabah, uh ooh, Rabah Nate Ufella. Um is the other lead. The other, I think most of the other actors are not in the movie a whole lot. I don't know who the dad was, though. Is Le Perry, is that the dad? Is that what that means, the dad? Yes, I, yeah, I right. think so. So, Laurent Lucas and Joanna Priest as the mom and dad. Um, and everyone else is only in the movie, like, inter, intermittedly. Um, there is a jerk professor, uh, Jean-Louis Sibyl. Who is probably worthy of note because he has a few lines of dialogue that he's completely a jerk. But, um. I just went in to my throat. Movies called Raw has an 81 Metacritic. Um, the plot summary on IMDb when a young vegetarian undergoes a carnivorous hazing ritual at vet school, an unbidden taste for meat begins to grow in her. And with that, uh, let's give our initial thoughts on Raw. Corey, what were your thoughts on this movie?
1: OMG. Um, I don't, mm, I think I was expecting a little more since you said so many people thought this was like the best film of the year.
0: Well, 81 Metacritic, um, and I had heard some critics say it was one of their favorites from the year.
1: Um, but I did really enjoy, um, her performance. Sorry, my screen went away.
0: I think it's fun how every week when I do this you you always seem surprised that I ask you your opinion. Because like, it's my
1: least favorite part. But it's, it's my least favorite but part.
0: You, you know it's coming. That's it's what coming. this whole podcast is filtering. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. I'm I don't know. i I always feel better about it when we talk about it.
0: Well um okay, so I I went into this um after watching worst. Gerald's game and was very uh worried about not being able to watch a lot of the gore because I'd heard um, there and this was a true story and I could probably google it and find it in a second but certain movie theaters issued barf bags because the reaction they were having from audiences over this movie and so I was expecting this to go like real extreme and honestly there's only a couple of scenes that are really hard to watch um and I would even say there's only one that i i could not watch and it was still i think i psyched myself out for it i think if i had just watched it i would have probably have been fine but yeah. i think i had like pumped it up in my head where i i can't look and i'm just like no you know probably could watch <sighs> but um we'll get into that that's a spoiler we'll get into that momentarily but um i i love the story in this movie i i thought the way they tell the story and um i thought it was so good and so interesting and uh i love that this is a horror movie that does not in any way play up horror tropes it it is a drama with horrific things in it um the, you know there's there's a real story here about you know finding out who you really are and becoming the person you're supposed to be and or fighting the person you're supposed to be and um it is It is so compelling, and that's like I have students. Are I've encouraged my film students to participate in the horror challenge this month and watch as many movies as they can in the genre. And several several kids are not into horror films, which I don't blame them. There was a point in my life where I was terrified of horror movies, but um, and I I think this is a horror film that's accessible to people because while it's it's not necessarily because it is again there is the ideas in the film are horrific. It's, it's not, most people don't like horror movies because of the jumps. They're they're afraid of being scared. You know, they're afraid of that thing jumping out at them or they're afraid of the monsters that will haunt them in their sleep, right? And this is, that, I guess there's imagery here that could haunt you later. So I, I guess in that way, but I feel like there's so much story here and, and atmosphere um, that is relatable. Because again, it, it is the ability, the, bit of horror which we I really probably need to get in the spoilers to kind of articulate what I'm trying to say but it's different than um, a lot of other films that are in the horror genre and I think that's one of the things that stood out for me I was immediately grabbed by this um, and while I was kind of unsure about the story the ending nailed it for me like it was you needed to know I needed that that was the cement that answered my questions but it answered it in a really cool and yet shocking and kind of extra horrific way where I was like, oh my God, did not see that coming because I had questions. I was like, wait a minute, is everyone doing the same thing? Like I was really puzzled and then I wasn't and I was I was thrilled um, and it, it just left me like, wow. And um, and yeah, so I think um, I very much enjoyed this. You seem a little on the fence, um. but let's get into our spoiler warning
1: okay guys if you want to check out raw it is on netflix um if you don't mind spoilers listen straight ahead because we are definitely going to ruin this movie for you
0: so and by ruin she means like the surprise not explain
1: in excessive detail probably yes
0: yes um I always, I always get like I'm like, well, we're not gonna like ruin it. We're gonna, we're gonna maybe wreck the element of surprise that you might want from the movie. We're gonna talk about things that if you are a spoiler uh, avoidist, you're gonna be upset about. So <laughs> like us, yes, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I am. I, I do like, I kind of love Mike's philosophy on it because Mike literally searches for spoilers, um, and. I, I am under the – I feel like we've fallen into the spoiler culture, and I've been listening to uh, Slash Film Daily, and they've actually spent a lot of time talking about spoilers this week. Um, and it's it, they ha- they make some valid points that I have to say maybe we get a little too hung up on, on things because I rewatch a lot of movies. There are movies that I know almost line by line and still enjoy the crap but out of it. When, I know. think,
1: though – And I think that we've talked about this before. So much of my enjoyment of a movie comes from when I initially watched it, who I watched it with, you know, kind of things like that. Um, And when when I'm initially watching a movie, I want to be engrossed in the story. I don't want to know what's coming next because I want to have my attention. You know, I Mm -hmm. want it. To, like, have me captured the whole time.
0: Well, I'll say there are a few movies that require you to not know the spoiler to get full enjoyment. Like, The Sixth Sense is one. Um And Memento. I think not knowing the twist at the end is, is important. Um And honestly, I kind of think Raw might fall into this. Uh, because the ending ties up all the loose ends in a really interesting way. And I think if you know... And again, we're going to talk about it momentarily. I'm just, we've ended up discussing spoilers, so why not leave it for just another moment? Um, it would, I, I could see it not taking away, but it would, you would be watching the movie with a different point of view because you already know it's like how, how everything's it, tied together.
1: And the way that they do drop like the hints all the way through the movie, all the way, starting at the almost the very beginning, um, I think that that would, I, I don't know. I think that those details would not be as whatever.
0: Well, to you, like I, I gotta say, and we are jumping into spoilers from this point. So if you uh, were got wrapped up in our conversation, now is the time to either stop the podcast and go watch Raw on Netflix right now, um, or um, keep listening because we're gonna we're gonna talk freely from this point forward. Um, when the movie opened, I was worried. I I have become grown very tired of the cold opens. In movies, which is like uh, the best example is remember Don't Breathe from last year, Corey? Uh, the opening of that movie is a scene that will be part of the end, right? We see the the blind yeah. man dragging the girl on the street uh, with the trail of blood, I think, behind her. And it was just like, wait, why are we starting here? It doesn't – there's no reason. If your story can't keep me interested by itself, like you have to show me a part of the ending to keep me in- involved – Something's probably wrong with your story. Now there are exceptions when it does work really well, but I feel like too many movies are falling into this. Uh, Let's show them the end, and then we'll yeah yeah. John Wick Two actually does work, and um, when this movie opened, we see a girl dive in front of a car so that the car swerves out of the way and wrecks, and we see her approach the window, looking ravenous. Is the only the way she's leaning and looking. She doesn't look like she's checking if they're okay. She's looking to see, like, are they hurt enough? And I knew a little bit about this movie, so I was making some assumptions based on my knowledge of the the cannibalism that I knew was going to be a part of this. I wasn't sure to what extent, and I wasn't sure if it would go zombie or not. Um, and so when I saw that scene, I was like, is this late in the movie? I was really concerned that this was a cold open. And I was relieved to find that no It was not a cold open It was it was just I mean it is a cold open But it's not a scene from later This was there And then we see our next scene Which is where we meet our lead uh, Justine Who is played by the uh, Garance Marlier Is that it? Did I, did I do it? I think I did and I, I think I nailed it so, <laughs> it was really close So yeah um, <laughs> So it, it wasn't Justine at the beginning So it was uh, we, we later find out it's her sister Alexia um, played by Ella Rumpf and we see that scene kind of play out again with both of the girls this time um and that it's it's kind of her way of hunting uh for meat. Um and I, I so I was really I was relieved uh immediately. Um I, I like the love story in this. It's kind of the weird love story where Justine falls in love with her gay roommate. Um but like how it kind of plays out and it's I don't know, there's there's so many cool scenes and i did have a lot of questions though I, like i don't know if it's it's my lack i've never been to veterinary school so are vet schools like all just big frats or like
1: i uh, i hate the whole thought of hazing i think it's so stupid i'm sorry everyone I, that went to a university I, well,
0: <laughs> I think it's so I stupid a, i went to a college uh, and there there are frats i didn't join one and there's definitely hazing at the college that i went to but yeah
1: i'm like anti-fraternity anti-sorority like i'm just not into all that stuff so i'm just like are you real and also why if you're in veterinary school would you like eat a part of the animal like i know that it's an animal that's already dead but wouldn't that require you to need more of it you know what i mean Which I mean, if they're, I don't know. Well,
0: I mean, most of them are not vegetarians. She is, in fact, her whole family appears to be vegetarians, which is one of our opening scenes (laughs) with Justine, um, her at like a buffet and ordering just mashed potatoes. Which someone's like, that doesn't seem like a healthy vegetarian to me, but okay. Protein. Mashed potatoes have protein
1: no the oh. woman she's like protein
0: oh oh like, yeah 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 like do you want protein no no and then uh there's a meatball in her mashed potatoes and it doesn't bite it and her mom's really excited that she didn't bite it but you hear her mom her, like yelling at her in the background
1: yeah her mom is mad yeah. which if anybody knows any vegetarians or vegans they are totally like that and they're gonna let everybody know but yes. you know what i mean so that didn't i don't know
0: oh no i like that scene I, i'm just like yeah uh, me too um but that's the level of like veg like they are like not like a casual vegetarian they're like hardcore family vegetarians now her sister's already at the the veterinary school and again i don't know if this is like a a thing at all vet schools or if maybe french colleges are all like really into hazing or if it's just this particular one it seems pretty extreme um like they're they're walking around with like i'm assuming it was fake blood they dumped on them but i don't know not, no, I blood. thought
1: that that was, like, blood from the it, animals. I thought that was real.
0: I, I thought so, too, but the fact that they had to walk around with it still on them the whole day had me kind of concerned, but I wasn't sure. Um, So I'm still not sure if it was supposed to be real or fake. Uh, It definitely looked real. Like, the blood was, like, really, really good fake blood either, e- either way, whether it was, you know, the movie fake blood or the that's found good fake blood. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, if it was supposed hmm. to be fake blood in the movie, it looked really good. And if it was supposed to be real blood, it did. It, it did look like real blood. So I was totally like, "Oh man, that's that's awful." Um, but so the overall premise to, to jump through the blocks. I don't. We don't usually go step by step here, but uh, she has to eat rabbit kidneys. Um, they're I think they're raw. They're just sitting in a jar, um, and she doesn't want to do it. She's because she's a vegetarian. Her sister, uh, who is no longer a vegetarian, uh, we we don't know to what extent just yet, but she's no longer a vegetarian. Um, she eats a couple to, like, push her, and then she does do it. She uh, she eats one out of pressure and is almost immediately sick. Um, she gets these disgusting rashes, by the way, which that was oh, one of the grossest parts in the movie.
1: Ugh. Like, yeah. my skin was hurting, and I hate that sound, too, of, like, when people, like, scratch or, like, rub their skin. I hate yeah. that
0: sound. And I'm like, Ugh. have you never heard about rashes? You're not supposed to scratch it. Stop scratching it. And
1: also, it's all over your body. Please go to the doctor.
0: Yeah, which she does. And right she away, gets, though. Yeah. Oh, and the scene with the doctor peeling the skin off was so Holy much. Holy
1: fudge. I, yes.
0: Um, it super. You know, I had forgot about the scene until I'm talking about it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, those scenes. I was like, gross. why
1: is she peeling it off? That doesn't seem like a good idea at all.
0: And she gives her a cream Ugh. or whatever um which is important uh because later uh she's when she's starting to realize what the deal is with her sister she finds that same rash cream in her sister's medicine cabinet implying that her sister had this rash once too um which is which later will be an important plot point but um the scene where uh, she's okay it's a french film so they're a little uh a lot more liberal with nudity and sexuality than in an american film usually um, so, like, there's there's more topless girls, kind of. And there, it's interesting because there's more topless girls than I think – not in our movie, nudity is fair game in America, too. But we definitely seem to – it's more taboo in America than it is in Europe. That's known, right? Like, they have nudity on regular TV where we – Oh, yeah. We Beaches, too. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, there's, a, like, a rave one night. And there's a lot of topless girls. But I feel like I was – I thought it was interesting because they weren't – they were topless, but they were also just in the background. Like, they weren't – because I think in an American movie, if they're getting girls topless, they're going to be, like, close-ups. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, cut to all the boobs. And in this movie, it was more just like, no, they're just naked. It's fine. This is what happens. It's not a big deal that they're naked. Um, and Because there was one set of girls where the guy says, get slutty, and they, they flash the camera – and that was prominent, but even that they were, it was dark and they were kind of off to the, in the background. Cause she, you were following Justine and she was not that way at all. She was very uncomfortable. She's, you get the idea. She's nerdy and she's super smart. And this is, she doesn't really fit into the college lifestyle anyways. And she's about to get kind of teen wolfed, right? She's going to get even more alienated and, and, uh, (sighs) outcast. Um, as she develops her, uh, you know, heritage basically. Um, but i thought that was an interesting like take because why i brought that up was because uh her sister sees that she has armpit hair still and her sister gets mm. mad which is not uh not uncommon in in french women apparently or um, even american women now okay i didn't know that but um She's like, I've been giving my own my own Brazilians for years or whatever, and, and Justine <laughs> is clueless to that. So then we get a sh- we get a shot of her getting a Brazilian, not and I wanted fully to grow nude. Up. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I've never seen that cl- much of a close up for a waxing before, mind you. Um, but okay, so again, I'm not even talking about the scene for that. I'm talking about the scene because the mm. sisters, the wax won't rip off for some reason. Like her her pubes will not rip out. And, and it's
1: just the skin tugging
0: Yeah tugging, so she tugging. goes to get scissors to cut the hair off
1: Why would you think that's a good idea I don't know
0: And the sister freaks that? out Because you're, you have scissors near my, my vagina And she kicks her And then the, the sister's face At first I thought she was mad because she kicked her And then she holds up her hand And she's cut her freaking finger off I
1: Okay, so here's what I thought about that scene. First of all, I wanted to throw up. No, thank you. Yep. And then second, I'm like, they just created this whole huge scene for her to get her finger cut off.
0: I mean, that's what that, that whole scene was for. Oh, and, but more so that she would pass out. And I was <laughs> like, oh, no, the dog's going to eat the finger, right? That was my thought. But then the sister picked up the finger to protect it from the dog, Justine did. And, and, and then she starts letting the blood drip into her hand and she licks the blood. And then she eats that thing like corn on the cob. Like baby, str- on the cob. baby corn on the cob. Like, you know, those <laughs> little Chinese corn cobs that come in certain <laughs> Chinese dishes. Fry. She's holding it like nib, 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 nib. I couldn't watch that sequence. No, I'd watch that actually. Oh, really? I kind of regret not watching yeah. it because I think in hindsight I would be okay with it. Although I'm getting nauseous it... thinking of details now. <laughs> but <laughs>
1: I think if you can make it through Gerald's game, you could have watched her.
0: I looked away this. from Gerald's game. Thank you. Did I, you? I
1: watched the whole thing. Oh, but I, I wanted to. Throw
0: I up. looked back and forth, but I, I looked away several Legit. times. Um, um <laughs> keep going. I,
1: Sorry. I,
0: I started like, I was like, oh my God, don't do it. Don't do it. Like I was, I was football <laughs> like, watching that scene. Um, you know, like, like when guys watch sports, we yell at the TV a lot. I was yelling at the TV during oh. that sequence.
1: Oh, and I was just like, "How are you going to explain this to your sister?"
0: Yeah, yeah and that's the other. Thing. I'm blame like, it on the dog. And, because... and that's one of the things I like about this so much is that it has that realism. And when her sister sits up and kind of looks, <laughs> and she's just like, "Uh, I don't know how to explain <laughs> this." Um, she's
1: not even really, and then like Alexa is Alexia isn't even that mad about it. <laughs> well, of course, like, because
0: just... we don't know the secret yet about her, but <laughs> no. we're gonna find out that. Because um, this, at this point, when I see this happening to um, Justine, I'm wondering, like, why is it happening to her? Is it happening to all of the kids at the well, veterinary school? Are they all cannibals? Because um, she seems to have a craving not just for any meat, like, for meat. Any? Well, I'm sorry. No, that's what exactly I mean. She has a craving for, like, any meat. Like, the part where she bites the raw chicken really grossed me out because it's raw chicken. Yeah.
1: I forgot about that because I was like, I couldn't think of her, like, eating other meat that's not, like, human.
0: Yeah, well, the but first she tries to steal a hamburger patty, um, in the cafeteria because she's ashamed that she yeah. wants meat, um, and then which I don't know why she put a gravy sauce like hamburger patty in her pocket, but nonetheless, um, and then uh, her white lab coat. Yeah, yeah, in her white lab coat, and then she gets the <laughs> she eats the raw chicken, um, and then she eats the finger, and uh, it's it's gross, that's um, perfect. but the the, the this poor dog gets put down too because she blames the dog.
1: And then the big sister's not even like phased. She's like, oh, "Oh yeah, the dog got put down. Mom's really upset." Cute, huh? And I'm like, "What cute?"
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I was not not happy about that, but um so uh we get we get the uh she has to, she tries to train her sister how to get meat. Shows her the car accident method and we find out then officially who one who the girl was early in the movie. Um, It was the sister who made the car accident occur. And then we find out um, that she's a cannibal too. So the big question at that point to me is how many people are cannibals now? What was in those rabbit kidneys was like one out of every five rabbit kidneys turned you cannibal or something, you know? And cannibal maybe is an extreme statement because – well, it's not an extreme statement. But we've seen one girl, Justine, eat a finger. And now we've seen the sister – I kind of think she was eating his brain because of where she was biting – Um, And from the car accident like he may have smashed his head open on the windshield but she's definitely eating like the scalp area which doesn't seem like the first place I would want to bite you know it's very bony Um, there's hair like I feel like that would be unless you've already gotten through the skull not exactly the the best choice of meat you know what I'm saying Um, so I assume she was eating his brains. No comments, huh?
1: <laughs> and then they, they like. Uh, well, also I was wondering if it's out, if it's because that's where the blood is. Because yeah. like almost every time we see them like eating people, it's where the blood is. They do.
0: They're like, not like. They do seem to be uh, Also, not quite vampiric, but they do seem to like the taste of blood, because uh, they are eating raw. Like that is the movie's called Raw. They don't cook that. Like she eats raw chicken, and she seems to enjoy just meat not cooked and so thus the blood like you're you're saying is definitely a big part of the process um but uh so we learn that the sister is a cannibal and that's where my questions start going and, and justine's trying really hard there's a scene where she really freaks out like she's uh it's a really cool shot because it's all filmed from under her blanket um, you know, I'm talking about when she's like having like withdrawals, I think from not having meat for a few days.
1: Yes. That scene was absolutely nuts. Um, and I think that that did a really good job showing, um, withdrawals to like, um, the sleeplessness, and, like showing her body going through that. Um, which brought me to how often do they need to eat this?
0: Hmm. Good question. Uh, like how, how frequent do they need to eat meat? Um, we don't really get a good sense of how long it had been without meat for her. But, man, that scene with, like, the way they shot it, I was just really, really impressed. Um, and, honestly, the cinematography throughout the film, it's it's a really gorgeous movie. Uh, the look of it has this kind of, like, supernatural fantasy feel. Like, it almost doesn't seem real. Um, there's, like, a haze in a lot of the shots it, that I really like. It
1: does seem kind of dreamy.
0: Which... I think kind of makes sense because it's a nightmare, you know. It's it's definitely not the world she thought she was in, and um, I really I liked a lot about that in uh, in the movie. And um, so going, she she her and her sister kind of fight, and they this has kind of been their mo. They get along, but they they fight like brother like not brothers like sisters like can do like sibling. um, like siblings can do. There you go. And uh, at one point, um, I don't remember what. Uh, her sister ends up taking her room i don't remember why something happened where her sister's drunk or something were they drinking all night i can't remember how she ends up in her uh this alexa ends up in justine's dorm room and uh justine goes out and sleeps with her roommate that she's in love with who's kind of rejected her but at the same time he clearly cares about her even though he's supposed to be gay he's kind of he seems to have feelings for her um they have sex i mean they have – oh, which that scene, by the way. Which
1: also, I – he tells her to stop multiple times.
0: Yeah, she does not stop.
1: And she goes – she goes wild, like
0: – Yeah, very and, feral. Um,
1: and she – yes, and she bites her arm, and it made me think of another um, – a vampire movie, but I'm not sure. I couldn't remember which one. um it was escaping me was it daybreakers or um what was the i am legend where they can't she bites herself and she, she's fine but and when whatever movie i'm thinking about when they like drink their own blood they get really sick and they start like oh really yes and maybe it's not one of those movies i just remember it's like a vampire movie so that it kind of reminded made me think of that which, she didn't get sick but um yeah that's to me that she like little was drinking her own blood and how can that like you know be okay and you know what i mean cuz it's like taking it from your own body so you're not gaining any I, nutrition
0: I, yeah i don't know how much of that was just to like
1: sort of stop her
0: from biting him you know what i mean like yeah yeah cause i know oh, totally I, th- I thought she was going to kill him and then she didn't um, which I we do see that she's got more control than her sister um and she's fighting it or her sister seems to have embraced it
1: yeah she doesn't want to be like this
0: yeah she's she doesn't understand what's happening she doesn't know why it's happening she doesn't like it she she was fine with being a vegetarian she's I think she's kind of comfort comfortable. Being the person she's been where her sister seems to have kind of broke away from that and has rebelled and has really embraced this new thing. So whatever happens later, though, where they end up in the room, I can't remember again if they were if it was night of drinking or whatever. Sister crashes in her dorm room. She goes out and sleeps in the bed with the, the guy. And when she wakes up, she she goes to like kiss him and he, he won't move. She realizes she, her legs are wet. And she has blood on her hand um, and she starts thinking she ate him. And when she pulls back the blanket, his leg is
1: disgusting. Oh, bones, guys. And I'm not very good with human anatomy. I'm guessing the femur.
0: Yeah, I'm, I guess so. I um,
1: like, see in between his bones.
0: Yeah, it is, it is really gross. And she thinks she's done it until she sees his spine um, has a puncture wound from a ski pole that was used earlier in the film. Um... I think he used it as a weapon when the – I think he gave it to her as a weapon when they first – like, when all the hazing starts, when they break into the rooms. I think he throws it at her as, like, we got to fight them or whatever. Um, And uh, she sees this puncture wound, then she sees the ski pole on the ground, um, and it's covered with blood. And she's like, I didn't do that. Um, And she kind of walks over, and her sister is, like, drunk on blood. I guess right like she's very like complacent she's holding a PlayStation controller but she's just kind of mindlessly like hitting the button this is the closest thing we have to like a zombie look in the film um she's she's completely out of it she's wasted on the meat that she's eaten and uh her sister initially wants to kill her she puts the ski pole up against her head Justine puts it up against Alexa's head um because she's killed the man she loves and ate him uh too so double whammy on that one um then chooses not to washes all the blood off of her um in a very sisterly type of way and uh she's like pissed about it though yeah she's just trying to clean her up because she can she's like smacking it off yeah and she doesn't seem to be able to take care of herself right she still seems completely out of it like in this euphoric kind of stupor almost like a food coma right like she ate too much turkey on Thanksgiving oh um tryptophan you know uh like that's the the kind of tone like that's what her reaction is she's very just days over I don't think it's like what did I just do I think it's like she's drunk on on blood and um the, then we see that she goes to jail the sister goes to jail for it uh so she I like that the, they're punishing her because I was like I'm like how do you get away with that? Oh, she didn't. Okay. Well
1: also because she obviously kills at least two people on that road. How does she even get away with that?
0: Um I mean, she they're they're die they die in the accident though. I'm surprised no one else drives by. I'm guessing it's supposed to be like a secluded road, um or something, but yeah, I, I was thinking that too. Like it's not I mean, the whole premise isn't necessarily plausible though, so I don't need all those details to add yeah. up. But a lot of times in movies like this, um there's no no consequences consequences. and there are and i like that and then the the best part of the movie where we get the information that i'd been wondering the whole time is who else are cannibals why are these two girls cannibals and apparently it's genetic um it's in their bloodline
1: i was wondering if because the mm, the mother has it and the two daughters have it and i was wondering if they would have had a son would the son have had it or does it just You know,
0: is it only a a feminine uh, gene or something like that? That's an interesting. question. Yes. And oh, now I want raw, too. And I want to know. Oh, my God.
1: Well, okay, I don't know at what point I came to that because I was like it kind of threw me a little bit with the meat at the beginning and then like the different things throughout. And I was like I was confused. I was wondering if it's genetic Um, and it seems that only she and her sister were affected. Um, and only after they've eaten the rabbit. So I was wondering if that was why her family is vegetarian.
0: Well, we get that that explanation. Yes, it is without question because um, when yeah. the, when the, she's talking to the dad about the dog at the hospital after when her sister's getting her finger, well, not sewn back on because there's no finger to sew back on, but she's getting her <laughs> hands uh, messed up. They're smoking a cigarette. The dad and Justine are smoking a cigarette, and we're going to have to put the dog down. She's like, why? He's like, once they taste human blood, they, they have a taste for it. And that's that line is to let us know once you have meat, you have a taste for it. Once you've tried meat, you can't go like. So the assumption then is Justine has always been a vegetarian. Um, The mom was apparently not so lucky uh, because that's the big reveal. I just like we'd seen the dad uh, three times in the movie, and this time I noticed I'm like, oh, he has a cleft lip, as he's like because this is our first like close up. I'm like, he has a cleft lip. I didn't notice that, and as I'm watching, I'm like, wait a minute. Is that a cleft lip? And as he's talking, I'm like, oh, "That's not a cleft lip at all." <laughs> um, yeah. and, and he starts unbuttoning his shirt, and we see that he's basically telling her, "You'll find a way." Your mother found me, and I was willing to basically be her snack tray. And he has all these scars on his chest where she's taking <sighs> chunks of meat out of him. Um, I'm guessing to to curve the 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 hunger. And and then
1: with that scene, he's like wearing that button up. Long sleeve shirt, and I'm like, he, I, ugh, I don't know. That made me very uncomfortable. But um, I was wondering, do you remember in the other scenes that he's in in the film, is he wearing long sleeves?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's always wearing long sleeves. He has a jacket on okay. in the first scene in the car when he's dropping her off, and I think at the restaurant he's wearing long sleeves, and at the hospital okay. there he's definitely wearing a jacket because they're outside smoking and it's clearly cold. Um, okay. So yeah, they they kept him covered, which that was. Uh, since i've been thinking about it i'm like does he never go swimming i'm like that's not that weird one i don't know how common swimming is in france and two um you know i don't go swimming very often i live in florida and i just i'm just ashamed of my body i don't have horrible scars to hide um i have a couple now from my surgery this this past summer but those are minor compared to what that dude was rocking so you could totally get away with not taking your shirt off um if you don't want to and so yeah uh that that made the movie to me just excellent the story how it all came together I was just blown away and was really really uh thrilled by the ending so um do you have anything else you want to talk about uh, from the movie
1: yes oh. I want to talk about another scene um that made me also very nauseous um the scene where she's in the bathroom and she needs to throw up and she's choking and then oh, she just oh, pulls the hair. all of this hair out of her- in her throat and we i don't remember if it's at the beginning i think it's before she starts throwing up she notices that she's like chewing on her hair yeah and that's like a real illness that people have where they like chew on their hair yeah. and it's it's friggin a, the, gross the teacher's
0: it's- right, like giving her crap about the you think because you're the smart one that i'm going to give you special treatment like all these other teachers and she's like chewing on her hair oh god that's making me nauseous that, that part was really gross i blocked that out thanks it's a lot the girl
1: <laughs> The girl comes up to her at the sink, and she's like, two fingers will make it come up faster. And I'm like, I don't like to throw up. Like, I do everything in my power to not throw up. And this girl's, like, giving her tips.
0: Now, there's oh. there's a lot I feel like I need to really process more. I'd like to hear some other people's thoughts about, like, the themes and the messages of the film. Like, I wonder if the, the way she's resisting meat um, – if it's like animal rights, um, is obviously a part of it because there's the whole conversation about AIDS and monkeys early in the movie. And then she says that it's no different, uh, to rape a monkey than it is to rape a person. And like everyone at the table is kind of disgusted by her, her equating, um, human rights and animal rights. But I don't feel like that's enough of a message throughout the film that it's, it's about animal rights exclusively. Um, it's definitely about hazing, uh, and like the, the, potential dangers of it like of um because I mean think if instead of eating that rabbit uh kidney if it was peer pressure to do drugs and then she becomes an addict and she goes through withdrawals and you know all the side effects of that even drinking like just her throwing up her getting sick her having uncontrolled cravings where her she's not focused on her schoolwork anymore um she becomes more promiscuous you know like all of those things could be interpreted as like the, the the cannibalism is a metaphor for those things um and even like with that joke about being uh bulimic you could argue that maybe there's a thing about eating disorders built into this movie um because there's references to her being too skinny and things like that throughout the film as well um and oh yeah her sister about the dress yeah and um uh, even the the guy he's like why don't you i'll pay for your food or whatever like there's the shame of like her hiding the meat and her being afraid of letting people know that she's eating. Like there is an eating disorder analogy that could be made here. Um, how she's hiding like, uh, bulimics often binge eat. They do that in private. They do that away from everybody. And then they throw up, they get sick afterwards to, to, you know, purge the food from them so they don't gain any weight. Um, which I, I'm not, I'm sure I'm not educating you on, not you, but like you as the listener, um, on, on eating disorders. But, there's definitely that is in this movie too. and that's, I think this is such a deep film that it could be pulled apart in different ways and interpreted to mean a variety of different things. And that is always a sign of a great film, that there is something more than just what's on the surface. And I think, uh, I think all of those could be really deeply analyzed and, and looked at through different lenses and um, make this again, listed as a horror film um, so much, so much more than just, a, you know, something to scare you during Halloween. Okay. So, um was there anything else, Corey? Oh,
1: okay. I would like to see more work from her, the oh, girl that plays Justine. Me too. Parents?
0: Yeah. Um I thought she was great. Me too. I, I was so impressed with her. Um there were so many little things in the movie that uh she does so well. Um and I mean, just she she makes uh, this film that could have easily been kind of silly or or cheesy. Um, Feel very grounded and dramatic. um, Which the director gets all the credit for that too. The lighting in the film is perfect. Uh, The cinematography is really strong. I mean there's so much. I don't know. I I, I think my rating is pretty clear. Um, This is without any question for me a must-see film. um, If you can get past the the gore. Because it is a a film that deals with cannibalism. So you're going to have things that are hard to see. um,
1: But. I think on that flip side, it's not as gory as either of us were expecting.
0: No. Uh, like, I was expecting, like, Cannibal Holocaust, or I didn't see, but The Green Inferno, which um, was supposed to be pretty graphic with people eating things, and, um, I, you know, Bone Tomahawk has some cannibalism in it, and it didn't bother me that much. Um, and again, zombie movies, while they're undead, so we don't usually call them cannibals, zombies are eating people, and I've watched that in dozens of things, and it's never really bothered me. So I don't know why I was so psyched out by this. I-
1: I think because also with like zombies, we're not zombies, but you know what I mean? I don't like you can just, oh my God, I would never do that. Or, you know, like put yourself in that position. Yeah. I think there's no, you're
0: not, you're not thinking like, oh, that person's eating another person. It's like, oh, this creature that doesn't exist is eating a person. I can, I know that they're not because those things don't exist where I'm watching a human being who has made me care about them because their their character is well developed they're fleshed out they're well acted i i want this character to do well and they're doing something that you're like oh my god don't do this don't do this this is not okay um i did think that the the teacher as an antagonist while it serves the exposition because we get to we get to know that she's like this a student that (laughs) they knew about coming in like she's a um everyone already knows she's this great student and so that he he fulfills that backstory element for us, but he, he did. But I feel felt like it was too much. It, me too. I thought it was an unnecessary antagonistic force that doesn't pay off ever. Like she doesn't eat him. I, like well
1: because and also we know she's smart. Her roommate is cheating off of her. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I felt like it was just pushed. Well, it was too forced.
0: There's two scenes with him doing it, and um, yeah. It, it neither like because he starts grading her paper right away. That scene was enough for us to get that. Um she's known as a like people know who she is already they knew coming in that this was like the the girl to compete against she's the valedictorian type of person she's going to do very well and the second scene where he gets real aggressive with her it's just like well if this isn't going to pay off somewhere it's it is unnecessary because again she doesn't eat him she doesn't get back at him it doesn't make her like if she had broke down and bit somebody because he pressured her it would have all added up a little more um, I do think it works uh, again to give us backstory and even to see her state of mind because she's chewed the hair because she's nervous. She's she's oh. developing like think like smokers when they're when they're fiending they uh, they bite their nails you know um, like, that's a common thing like when they really need a nicotine fix they have a, a nervous habit and her chewing her hair is she's really really hungry she's starving because she has she needs meat but she's resisting the urge to eat meat. So she's, she's going through it and she's chewing her hair. So again, it, it's, it's there. The scene works. It's not a total detraction. It's just like, if I was going to point out anything that I thought was a weakness, that, that interaction with the teacher, um, and making him so antagonistic, uh, cause there really isn't an antagonist. It's, it's her, it's the eternal struggle with her dealing with this, um, I don't, it's not an addiction, but essentially an addiction. And then the conflict with her sister, because they are two, they are again, siblings there's definitely some sibling rivalry, and there's also uh, – one has chose to go this rebellious, embrace the bad lifestyle, and the other has is still trying to be who she's always been, and um, that's, at, that's at odds. And they do that very organically. It always feels they're just enough at odds um, that there's some and, tension.
1: Oh, yes. I love that scene where they are whooping each other, yeah. like, out in – you know, right – in front of the school and then, they're and then they each go other? home and take care of each other <laughs> But like oh let that's... me put the Spanish on your cheek I bit the hell out of
0: and I think that's the scene where she goes and lays on the bed that's what I forgot the fight the fight's how she ends up staying in, in Justine's dorm room and then ends up eating the boyfriend um or the roommate because that's why they're there after the fight um yeah they bite each other and then like they get uh guys pull them off of each other and then they get pissed off which is kind of how it's funny because like it's like no one can hit my sister except for me and that is definitely an attitude that many family like no one can talk crap about my mom except for me like that is a common mindset that people have it's like you I can talk about my family everybody else can't and that's definitely seen in that moment because they're they look like they're going to kill each other but the second those guys pull them off they're like hey leave my sister alone you're like oh okay um but uh, Corey, I gave it a must-see. Corey, what is uh, your rating for the film?
1: Uh, I'm torn between Not Quite Golden Ponyboy and Must-see film. I think I'm going to go with Not Quite Golden Ponyboy because I don't think that everyone should see it. Okay. But I do think that um, Garen's uh, Justine needs – I want to see her more because I think that she is a must-see talent.
0: Yeah, I definitely um, – and I, I, it is a French film. I don't know if we mentioned that. Uh, it is with English subtitles. So um, if you're a person who doesn't like subtitles, know that going in. Um, I have definitely grown out of that dislike and uh, am totally about it. Um, but that that's our episode. So for episode 41, we're going to be watching uh, The Fly from 1958 as we – With Vincent Price. With Vincent Price. I am a huge fan of the 80s, uh, fly with Jeff Goldblum that was inspired by this movie, but definitely goes, uh, more hor- more body horror than I think what we're going to get in this version. However, this version has a positive, uh, history. Um, and obviously it's, it's been, uh, replicated in tons of pop culture. Um, the idea of a fly, you know, entering a transporter and DNA getting spliced and this new hybrid, uh, fly man or man fly or whatever uh, we call it, um, so, the film's from 1958. Um, it is currently, I believe, on Amazon Instant or Netflix. I can't remember which one. Um, and uh, I actually did order it on Blu-ray, too, just to guarantee, because it was only, like, 8 bucks on Amazon. Um, and I was like, I want to have it on Blu-ray. Um, it has a 7.1 IMDb score. It does not have a Metacritic score. I'm not looking at Rotten Tomatoes right now. So, um, But that's Looks. what we're going to be watching next week.
1: And it does look like it's on Netflix.
0: All right, so The Fly from 1958, if you watch it um, as part of your 31 Days of Horror or just just to listen to the episode, we'd love to hear your thoughts on The Fly from 1958 starring Vincent Price. Uh, email us at contact at burke reviews. That's contact at berkreviews.com. Um, read my reviews and anyone else's who writes for us at burkerviews.com Follow me on Twitter at BurkeReviews and Corey.
1: At Corey R-star, two R's on the end.
0: And... Uh, uh, that's our episode for the week folks we'll be back next week with The Fly from 1958 bye peace this has been a Burke Reviews podcast berkreviews.com